What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Slashline Pod. Today, we have a very special guest, White Sox aficionado, master of dog shit takes, <laughs> our close friend, Connor Grove. Say What's hello. up, everybody? How we doing today? So today, we were supposed to be talking about the over-under predictions for the American League, but seeing as PD is not available to participate in this call, we... Decided to come up with an impromptu episode discussing the Houston Astros scandal. Um, and after we talk about that, we're going to touch on the proposed MLB playoff format. And we will end with some White Sox talk. All right. So starting off with the Astros entire cheating scandal, I'm just going to give a quick little timeline breakdown of everything that's happened in this dating back to 2016. So this first began September 22nd, 2016, an intern with the Astros um, made a PowerPoint presentation, brought it to Jeff Lunau. Um, they had this new app that could uh, decode the opposing catcher's signs, and they named it Codebreaker. Um, from there, it went on to the next season and started pretty much March, April of 2017, um, some emails were sent to Jeff Lunau describing the system um, and kind of just what it entails. And apparently this is where Lunau said he didn't read the email fully, which just seems like a crock of shit. Um, we go one month, one month forward to May 2017. Lunau supposedly walking into the analytics room on the road asking, how's the code breaking going? Really a revolutionary name there for it. Um, yeah, like then- they're trying to hide something right there. Yeah, so then we move on to June 2017. This is when Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran thought they could improve upon this code breaking that was just this, like, Excel document, and that's when they created the banging of the garbage can system. And then from there until the end of the year, including the playoffs, um, that's when they just pretty much used the, gar- or the, the garbage banging system pretty much the main thing that everyone's been talking about. And then kind of while this is going on, there have been uh, rumors of buzzers that the players were wearing, but that has yet to be verified or not. Um, So throughout the 2018 and 2019 season moving forward, um, the Astros still use the center field cameras to decode signs, but they pretty much just felt like it was a waste of time because the entire league knew they were fucking cheating and everyone was using like four different signs when no one was on base. Um. So then we get to after this season, November 12, 2019, Mike Fires talks to The Athletic um, about the Astros using a camera in center field, steal signs during the 2017 season. Um, November 14th of 2019, the MLB opened their investigation. January 13th of 2020 is when they released the report. Um, they gave A.J. Hinch, the manager and GM, Jeff Lunau, the year suspensions, they lost their first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021, and they also lost $5 million. A few hours after that, um, the owner, Jim Crane, fired A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. Um, the next day, with Alex Cora being named in their port as the mastermind, which has been switched a little bit about, but he um, and mm-hmm. the Red Sox mutually parted ways. Two days later after that, January 16th, um, reports flying and fear of it getting worse. The Mets and Carlos Beltran agree to part ways before he even fucking manages a game with them. Typical Mets fashion. Um, And then we forward a little bit to February 11th, 2020. Um, This is just a couple days ago from when we're recording this. 
some more details came out about Carlos Beltran and how how much he actually was involved. Um, apparently, AJ Hinch, the manager, felt powerless to stop him. So I don't know what the hell is going on, but he seemed to be kind of just shoving this down everyone's throats. And apparently Brian McCann came to him one time and asked him to stop. And he pretty much just told Brian McCann to go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then that leads us to today, February 13th, when we're recording this, um, owner, Jim Crane, new manager, Justy Baker, Altuve and Bregman offered their sorry ass apologies today. Um, Jim Crane, the owner, says he didn't think he impacted the game, and when it comes down to it, they won the World Series. It's pretty much just been what not to do, PR 101, just shitting down your leg pretty much since this started. So that's just the yeah. overview of what's happened. So we can kind of get into it now and see what all our thoughts are. Yeah, Kerm would be pissed with how they're handling this PR-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we should start right there at the end of it. I mean, they basically today were saying like, oh, we won the World Series. <clears throat> I don't really think that the signs are going to change anything. And they were very unapologetic toward the entire thing. So for them to just go out there and say that, it was kind of like a slap to the face of everybody that was kind of trying to get this thing to get some traction under it. And now they're just sitting there with their dick in their hand and going like, okay, well, now what do we do? You know? So it was just one of those things where – they didn't really apologize for shit and they're still going to get away with everything with very minimal uh, damage being done to them. So go ahead, Tanner. I don't know if you guys, I mean, I'm assuming you were not able to catch any of the press conference that was on MLB network this morning that had Jim Crane and Dusty Baker on there, but I watched about 40, 45 minutes of it. And it was the worst fucking press conference I've ever seen in my life. These reporters were just ass handling crane with these questions and i'm assuming you guys all saw on twitter where when it jim crane said he didn't believe it impacted the game yeah and then (laughs) a follow-up question was brought up he's like i never said it didn't impact the game i just i just you know and he just fluffered some bullshit in there but within 55 seconds i think it was he went from saying i didn't believe it impacted the game to him saying i never said it didn't impact the game yeah so that's how much of a shitstorm this is. Yeah, so today's the 13th, and it's exactly a month ago that the report from the commissioner came out. Like, you had a month to prepare for this. Apologies, and you just, like, like what were they doing in this month that they came up <laughs> this, with this shit today at the press conference? This was the classic, oh, I have an exam to study for or a paper to write. I'm going to wait until 11.45 the night before and try and do it. Yeah, and you've known for a month beforehand that you had this test to study for, and there was nothing that you could do except for 10 minutes the night before. Yeah. Also, why the hell was Dusty Baker there? What the hell does he have anything to do with what what went on? <laughs> was it his introduction press conference? Is that what that was? Is it just because he's the new manager? Yes, it was. Just, it's because he's a new manager, and people said he handled it the best out of Crane, Bregman, and Altuve. What the hell? Like, you're just putting a, 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 a freaking, like – Lamb out there just gets slain. Like, hey, he had nothing to do with that. Hey, Dusty, I know you weren't doing jack shit when this was happening when you were just sitting on your couch, but you're going to sit fucking next to me in this press conference. And if you don't say what I want you to say, you're fired. <laughs> He's the sacrificial lamb for the 2020 okay, Houston this Astros. Is, this is what I, I have the biggest issue with the fact that the players just got off scot free. And I don't mm-hmm. really like. Like, I, 
I just heard it today that apparently they got immunity from the commissioner for like talking. Is that true? Yeah. yeah there, there are reports out yeah. there that they were granted full immunity, and there are also reports out there that said, uh, due to the MLBPA, that nothing can happen to the players. Okay, th- that's bullshit. Like, I'm sorry to say, but I mean, some guy, you know, drinks a protein shake with with a little bit of this, a little bit of that in it, and he gets popped for he gets popped for the PED t- eight, eighty uh, games. positive, and he gets fifty games right off the bat. It it doesn't matter if he's sorry or not. He he gets fifty games right off the bat, and this and a second offense is a hundred games. And you're gonna tell me that not a single player from that from that World Series winning team, I mind you, they won the World Series, is not getting one inning of a suspension. Well, like that's so that's bullshit. The thing about that is, is it was literally laid out in the commissioner's report. So he literally said. Field managers and general managers of clubs are going to be the only ones that are going to have anything uh, suspension-wise to go off of. And the reason why he also stated that they're not doing anything with players is because some of them now are on other teams. It would just become too multidimensional where it's not just going to be the Houston Astros getting in trouble. It's going to be every single person. It's like even Mike Fires, who was on that team, he's going to get in trouble too. And – like it doesn't matter who you are, what role you had, you would have to then be able to distinguish between everybody that had something to do with it, whether it was uh, right. I just banged the trash can one time or I benefited from it from one at bat. What I think sucks is everybody that got affected by this. And did you see who was it that had the lawsuit that he's trying to file right now? <laughs> Astros. Did you see that shit? Yeah, he came in, he gets the Astros, gave up six runs, he got DFA the next day, and has a guy <laughs> Yeah, and he's now suing the Houston Astros for damages. And basically, it's a defamation lawsuit because he claims that they were cheating while he was, while he was pitching against them. And like that very well could have been the case. But yeah. you know, yeah, you it's just one of those things you don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freddie, Freeman, Freddie Freeman had a story like that too. Chris Medlin pitched against them and gave up like seven runs or something, and he just like retired like a couple days after that. Like it's right. just it's like a, actually affecting their lives. So, yeah, I mean, y- y- you get touched up like that, and you're like, wow, I'm re- like, I'm over the hump. Like this is, I was already thinking about retiring anyway. Like you. My arm kind of hurts, and then that happens. You're like, "Well, I just this is the major leagues. I don't have it anymore." <laughs> little little do they know that they have two aces up their sleeves that you didn't know about. <laughs> just know what pitch is coming. So, on the topic of Mike Fires, what do we think of him coming out publicly and being the one who set all this up? Yeah, I I mean I'm fine with it. I it seems kind of like oh I'm gonna go on the A's and I'm gonna like tattletale on them, but like at the same time I feel like most people in the game kind of knew this was happening, and it seemed like the MLB was kind of just gonna sweep it under the rug unless it actually got brought to the public. So I mean I it's it's good for the game. Like you, this shouldn't be happening. You don't need a fucking camera in center field to cheat, especially so. when you have that much talent. Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're the Orioles that, and you're doing this, it's like that's completely different. I mean, <laughs> it's still horrible. But if the Orioles are doing it and they manage to win whatever like 50 games, then it's like, okay, maybe you guys should <laughs> like go try a different sport or something. So was was Jessica Mendoza the one that said something about? I can't remember what she said about Mike Fires. You guys remember? Because she yeah, didn't she basically any. Go ahead. She Sam. didn't make any sort of argument. She's just like. Yeah, it was really sad to see what Fires did, you know? Like, how could you do that? What 
What What do you mean? How could? <laughs> oh yeah. How, how could you? How could you tell on? How could you do the ethical thing and tell on people that are like totally cheating the game and the integrity of the right. game and benefited from it? El Tuve got a hundred million dollar contract like that off season. So was. Fires was a part of the 2017 team. Was he there in 2018, or did he go to the A's that year? Um, uh, I think he was on the A's for the entire season. I mean, he no, he was with Detroit first. He split time between Detroit and Oakland that year. So after the 2017 season, he was not on the Astros anymore? Yeah, he was not on the Astros. My my only question is, I, I don't have a problem with what he did either. Like It's like... Why wait a year though? Like, why not say something right when you left the team? Or, well, he waited yeah. two full years after the season was over. Because, shoot, the last time he played for the Astros was in 2017, so he had two full seasons to be able to sit with that and yeah, be like, I'd... okay, well, maybe now I say something about it. Like, what are you gonna personally? What are you gonna gain from it? That that's the only thing that didn't really sit well with me. I mean, I understand that he had to come out and say this kind of stuff, and like, it's great for the game and it's more beneficial to everybody that this is out there now and that the team, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to sit there with that weighing on you for two years, like you're just not going to say anything. And when it's convenient for you, that's when you're going to talk. Like, I wonder what happened to him that he said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and say something. Right. That's, like, that's he, what I'm, yeah. Right. Does he think his career's over that he's like, he's never going to be on a team again because like realistically, like I'm not saying it's a Colin Kaepernick situation, but like, people aren't going to be able to trust him in a locker room anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to go and, like, talk to this guy. And, mm. and you know what I'm saying? Like, I just – I don't – it's something about that just didn't sit right with me. The, like, how he came out with it, when he came out with it. Like, if it was right after the season, that's a different story. But sitting in with it for two years and then saying it then was completely different. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't – I didn't really have a – I out of all the things, like, that – about this story, I – that was what I had the least problem with, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah just... I don't have a problem with it. I was just wondering, like, I was just wondering if he was on the team the next year or like what. But yeah, I don't have a problem with it. So, um, I mentioned at the beginning of that timeline that the those interns, there was like two or three interns that brought that um, program or code breaker or whatever to Luno and. All three of them are still employed by the team. Yeah, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so are they going to stay? Or... Crane's probably like, hey, fuckers, let's come up with a better name than Code Breaker, all right? And Dark you know, Guards. If we're, we're going to do it again, let's just not get caught. Yeah. All right. Okay, this is the other big question that we haven't touched on yet. But do we think that their World Series should be stripped? No. At least I don't think so. LJ, if, if it comes out where they do find evidence of using buzzers, yes. 100%. Right mm-hmm. now, with everything that's laid out on the table, like if they're just banging the trash can, I mean, people are going to have their own opinion, but I, I mean, I don't think it should be stripped. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't even really do that much if you do strip it. It's like, okay, but, geez, yeah, if they use buzzers, that's... That's a whole different fucking ball seriously, game. Seriously, that's just, this is, oh my god, that's just that much worse. <laughs> and this is already a shit storm. I, 
I think that would be like a real kick to the nads for all the players <laughs> if if that if that got stripped. Like that, like they'd be really pissed off because they they can live with them. I think they can they can live with themselves now, knowing like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're sorry, not really, but like we have to kind of say that we're sorry. But you know, we you know flag <laughs> flies forever, so, ring, so whatever. <laughs> like I think we'll be fine if if you take that away, then they're like. It actually sort of hits them uh, where it matters, but yeah, I don't know. That's it's it's a really tough question to answer. A lot of people are really pissed off, especially Yankees fans. <laughs> well, well, can you imagine Yankees being a Dodgers fans, fan? Yeah, Yankees fans and Dodgers fans. Like Do- the Dodgers are fucking. They were petitioning that like they should have seventeen and eighteen World Series championships. Yeah, that was like the the city council of Los Angeles, right? Like they were they yeah. signed like a formal petition or something like that. Yeah, it's like okay, what what do you want a fucking participation trophy too? <laughs> no, the players don't want that. Like no, none of them do. Came out and said he's like, yeah, we didn't win it. Like we don't yeah, want it. Right. But like, I wouldn't have a problem if they just got it. If they if the MLB just said yeah. Like we're vacating your title and no one won that year or something like that. Well, the thing about it is, is then if they do that, then I would think they would try to take back some of the money and make the players pay, play, play, pay back the World Series bonuses that they get and even like the playoff bonuses that they get because, I mean, yeah, realistically, right? Like, they, like each player probably got. I like I don't even want to speculate because I don't know, but probably six figures north of that too, and um. They, I feel like that if they were going to go down that road, they would probably vacate some of that money as well, or maybe at least try to give it back to the league or something, like try to figure that out. But who knows about that? Yeah, that was a big. This is this is the punishment that I think is fair. What you do is you suspend the players for like 15, 15 games each. Like all. Are you suspending well, everybody not though? All, not all. Not all of them are there. But no, no, no. no. Like you're like you're making them play with a triple A team because the pitchers didn't do anything. But yeah, so basically, all the hitters are out, and they have to play their triple A team for like (laughs) almost an entire month, and that's embarrassing and punishment enough because they'll they'll go like well, I mean, they'll go like one and but don't they have acquisitions on their team that weren't on the team in 2017? Yeah, those guys are fine, but all everyone who was on that team that is still on their team now is popped for like so a you're month. saying even marwin gonzalez on the twins like he wouldn't have to do it or he would be suspended too yeah that's the and that's another thing you got to think about too is that there's guys that were on this team that are now on other teams yeah then so you, you're not you, just punishing those players that are on the astros you're punishing everybody else that's on separate teams yeah i don't know how i would deal with with that <laughs> <laughs> well I, you, you can't have one without the other like if you're going to suspend the players in the astros just because they're still in the astros but like like LJ right. said, Marvin Gonzalez, like he's now on the Twins. You're are you going to suspend him for 15, 20 games? Like, how are you going to yeah, distinguish Morton, Morton's on the Rays because like, they fires because then the you're A's. hurting the Twins and helping the Astros in a way because like, I mean you're you're hurting the Twins and they're going to be one of their make a fetters in the AL this year. So like, whoa whoa whoa, hey, pump the brakes, all right? Hey, we're getting okay, there. Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting there. there fucking soon. <laughs> all right, so let me uh, let me switch it over to. So do you guys think? Um, between the four guys that got, the, I mean, the four guys, main guys that got fired, Cora, Hinch, Lunau, and Beltran, do we think they're going to get um, another job in baseball? I want to start off by saying that if these conflicting reports of about Cora 
like the main, like the first report talking about he was the mastermind, and now these other reports saying like, no, this was like Lunau and basically Lunau only, and then the players still did it, and Coro is like involved, but not as much as a mastermind. Then the Red Sox prematurely fired him. All right. Well, I think it's I still... definitely think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Elijah. No, no. Go, go ahead. I was just gonna say I definitely think that the Red Sox prematurely fired Cora. That was, I mean, they were trying. They were just trying to save face and get a jump start on trying to find somebody to replace him because they kind of already knew and from what had come out previously that, um, that it looked set in stone that he's gonna be like caught red-handed, but. Now with all these reports coming out, it's like, well, why'd you do that? What, what's the what's the reason behind it? And I mean, kind of the Mets too, because yeah, Beltran was a player on the team. He's exempt from any punishment from the MLB, so like he wouldn't get reprimanded being a manager now because that happened when he was a player. So I mean, I think it was just like a PR thing that they were trying to avoid at that time. But they definitely let go a coach that they probably shouldn't have uh, extremely prematurely. Yeah, I'm sure we're still going to get plenty of different things that are going to come out from this throughout the year, which I'm sure MLB is going to hate having to deal with this all year. Um, I I don't think I don't think Luna is going to get another job, but I think I could see. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to get another I, job. Or yeah, not. Luna should not get another job. I can yeah. see I can see Beltron if, like I said, more reports come out that you know they weren't as heavily involved as they initially said they were. I could see Belchon more so getting a job ahead of Cora just because of this investigation that Cora now had with the Red Sox too. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree that I don't think Luno is going to get an offer from anybody in the MLB anymore, which sucks cuz he was he was really good at his he'll, job. He'll just go like, work for NASA minus, again. Minus the whole minus the whole cheating thing, but um I, I I could see AJ Hinch getting a job again because I remember them saying that he was like pissed off that it was going on, like I, which could just totally be a lie. Like we we don't really know, but that that whole story about him like destroying the the monitors that they were using to decode the signs. Um, Twice. So do you think he? Yeah. Do you think he's going to get a manager job or even just like a bench coach job? Like do you, yeah, I mean any any sort of like managerial job i i wouldn't be surprised i mean you're talking about uh aj hinge yeah Mm -hmm. i see i don't i i think he has a better chance than cora because i think cora was like like what they said initially was that he was behind it and then he went to the red sox and like sort of did his own thing with them which i just want to throw out there (laughs) there we go go. is (laughs) If and I'm praying to God that the report comes out that says, yeah, this is just like petty stuff because I'm going to fucking rub it in every single one of your faces for months on end. Then I what that you your your title was tainted because you cheated in the regular season to get there. No. Oh, sorry. It's it's okay, Sammy. You know, we'll just just let it slide. (laughs) Not all of us can have clean World Series wins. Like it just—I mean, it's—it's it's a rare thing. Yeah, well, we're... you didn't because you traded for a domestic abuser at the deadline. But that's just—you know what? It's okay. <laughs> it'll just slide. It'll just slide back. It'll just slide it. past that fact. No, but <laughs> but in all seriousness, I—I I mean, I if if Cora's thing with the Red Sox isn't as big as people are making it out to be, then I could see him having a manager job in a couple of years. 
Yeah, I can I can one hundred percent see Cora and Hinge both getting back, whether it's in some capacity in a dugout, um, because I like like Sammy was talking about the fact that he tried to destroy it twice. But I mean, if you're the manager of a team and you're still letting them do that, like, grow a set, like, figure it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you know it's bad and you know it's wrong, like he obviously didn't appreciate them doing that. But if you're gonna just sit there and be like, ah, oh, whatever, I did my best to do it twice. Like, take it to somebody who can actually do something. You know, don't don't just sit there wondering if you can figure it out. But well, Cora definitely, Cora definitely should get a, another job, uh, whether it's next year or the year after, or in some capacity, whether it's in a front office or a managerial role. What's funny is how Hinch – because it was Hinch who said that he felt intimidated by Beltron or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah that didn't really add up to me. Yeah, like what? What did Beltran say? Hey, hey, you open your fucking mouth, you're done. <laughs> I'll kill you if you do this. No, I don't. I don't think he was saying that to him. But like, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Twitter clips of Correa talking in the locker room. Like, there was high praise for Correa after his videos today, saying like he was, he's been the only Astros player to actually give a sincere apology, and he's taking accountability for everything and how he knows it was wrong and how they shouldn't have even done it and blah, 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 blah. And now all they can do is just go about playing the game the right way and showing everybody that they have the talent in order to play well and win. Like he, Who said this? Carlos Correa. He, uh, he was also saying, like, the whole reports that the Athletic put out that Beltran was too intimidating to approach, he, Carlos Correa just, like, pretty much said those are just bullshit and, like, the biggest lies he's ever heard in his life. Yeah, like they knew what they were doing, like, and that was the wrong at the time. Yeah, I mean, Carlos Beltran is like a borderline Hall of Famer. That would be, especially if you're Correa, like that would be kind of tough to be like, hey, um, <laughs> hey, sir, excuse me, right hey, way, sir, <laughs> excuse me, Mister Carlos Beltran, sir. <laughs> I know you're one of the best switch hitting hitters of all time, but um, can we not do that? I would like to play the game the right way. All right, so why don't we end this here with um, – so I looked at the uh, hit-by-pitch leaders last year in the MLB. So the Mets led team-wise with 95, and the Astros were at 66. So let's just let's just say it's a little bit lower than 95 because I figure once they start getting hit, like eventually it's going to be like – the other team's going to be like, all right, this is penalizing us because we're hitting them and getting guys thrown out. So I'm going to set the over-under in 90-and-a-half if I pitches, and they had 66 last year. Do we think it jumps up about 2024? 20, I think their entire fucking lineup, the first game, is going to get drilled in the first inning. <laughs> yeah, I, I think – no, I think that they're going to get consistent – I think they're going to get consistently hit throughout the year too, especially when they go – they visit the Yankees in like September, which could have – Playoff implications. Um, playoff implications. That's, That's going to be a shit show. They're gonna. They're just gonna start Chapman and have him hit Bregman in the head. So he, he's gonna hit Altuve in like the ankle. They're <laughs> just gonna tee off. No, on he's gonna guys. fucking fight Altuve. <laughs> yeah, he's not even gonna yeah, throw the pitch. He's just gonna, gonna, gonna no, walk no, no, up no, no. to him and punch him. No, 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 shortstack, get your fucking ass over here so I can fucking beat your ass. <laughs> Sorry, Robus. My my wife doesn't want me to take off my jersey. Can we keep this clean here? <laughs> 
Yeah, so those four main guys, I'm I'm pretty much going to take the over on all their hit by pitches because Bregman only had nine last year and he like led the team. Altuve, yeah, that's gonna be like, that's gonna be like thirty. <laughs> Altuve had three. Yeah. <laughs> Springer had six, and Correa only had two. So my my question for those was, do they have more than that by the All Star break? <laughs> do, do those do those four guys have more than that? Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. Those those hundred percent. Those four guys yes, are gonna that, have that, that'll happen highs. in the first week. Yeah, those guys are going to have fucking career highs and hit by pitches after the first two months. Mm-hmm. Also, it's going to be interesting because the MLB is going to have to hand out suspensions. So they're going to be like, "Oh, oh, so I'm getting yeah. suspended for for throwing what you think is on purpose at a, at an Astros hitter," and they win a World Series because they use signs to cheat and they know a pitch is coming and they won the world series and they benefited from it, but they don't get a single suspension. Like that's going to be interesting to see how that gets handled. Yeah. Manfred is just in for a, a shit storm. Uncle Rob is in for it in the next couple of months. Cause it's going to be an absolute crap shoot come, come, uh, what is it? March 21st, uh, opening day. But it's it's going to be a whirlwind for him to start the season with all this crap that's going on. All right, you know he's going to send like a memo too, <laughs> like a week before the season. Don't. He's going to be like, guys, guys, I'm serious. Don't do it. I, guys, I mean it. Take away your 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 28th round signing bonus if you if you hit a guy. All right, so don't do it. Or or he's just going to be like, all right, guys, look. We all know what's going to fucking happen. Just don't hit him ab- above the shoulders, please. Yeah, exactly. If like, that happened, already... I would give much respect to it's Rob like, Manfred. I've already that talked to the incredible. umpires. I've already talked to the umpires. You guys can hit four of them before we actually give a warning. So use it wisely. <laughs> <laughs> that's just justice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's like what the rule is meant for, I feel like. Like the, the whole unwritten rules thing is just so stupid. But at a time like this, like I feel like that's warranted <laughs> when you hit somebody after like something like this happens. All right. So I mean, yeah, have... because the punishments that they got from the MLB were so fucking strict, right? So yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead, LJ. No, I was gonna say if we have any more, uh, any last thoughts here on the Astros scandal. If not, let's let's head over to the playoffs. Well, here, real real quick, do we think their punishment was too light? Yes. Uh, probably yeah yeah I mean they're still going to be good this year so like those first and second round picks are still going to be lower so I mean I feel like that's just a cop out and then the 5 million that was the most they could give because whatever limit in the CBA but I mean yeah I don't know who negotiated that (laughs) that that seems that seems very low the thing about it is is that they got they took away their first and second round picks, but then the Astros just go ahead and they signed. Didn't they sign like an 18, 17 year old kid uh, from international? Yeah, they didn't not get even they, like a week ago. They like, didn't take they, any like, of their money away there. They didn't take any of their international pool money away. They didn't take any of their rights to sign international free agents away. Like if you want to hit a program where it hurts, like that's where you go to. You go, you go to the international signing. You take away either their money and or their ability to sign free agents internationally for two, three years. 
and you take away their first and second round picks. I feel like if they would have done that, then that would have been sufficient enough punishment, but they didn't even bother to touch that part. They just said, ah, oh, we'll take away your first and second round picks, which, like you said, at the at the end of the first round, like they're going to be a perennial 95-win team, probably upwards of that every year. And it doesn't matter what happens because, like, the talent on that team alone is good enough to get them there. So their first and second round picks are going to be at the end of the – at the end of the rounds anyway, so it doesn't really matter all that much. But um, And with how many rounds there are in the MLB draft, like, it, there's still enough talent to go around, you know. So. Well, that and it's not – I mean, it's this isn't – the MLB draft isn't similar to the NFL draft or no. the NBA draft where, oh, wow, you guys are taking my first-round pick away. That could be a potential all-star player. Like, right. the, the MLB is just too unpredictable, whereas, like, Zion, like, if you, if you told the Pelicans that if they cheated and they're like, Oh, you're taking away our first round pick. Like we're missing a chance at one of the best talents of his generation. A, a once in a generation talent, right? Where yeah. you can get somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round of the MLB draft, and they could still be an absolute stud for you. So it's like the first and second round pick is a joke. The five million dollars is a joke. The fact that the only thing that really happened to them was they got their manager fired, like. And that was by discretion of the owner. It's like, that wasn't even handed down by the MLB either, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think, I think they could have got a lot worse than what they did, but. Um, especially especially seeing more and more come out, it just it seems lighter right. and lighter. And, you know, as soon as the buzzers come out and that happens, it's, it's just going to come all back again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got for the Astros. Yeah, I'm done. Move on from those scumbags. I'm All done. right, let's move on to this new playoff format that's been oh, uh, bountied about. Um, so what it, right now there's 12 teams that make the playoffs because the two wild cards, and it's really 10 that are in the final tournament. But they're looking to add 14, I believe. And then it goes off. Your, if you have the best record, you get to pick who you're going to play. And then what else was new about it? Something about the, uh, the best record gets the, a buy or something. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. best record gets a buy, and then it'll be just a three-game series, which is basically like the wild card round at the higher seed. So there's no, like, flip-flop between back and forth. It's just a three-game straight set at the two, three, and four seeds home field for that first round. Wait, it's only two out of three? Yeah, for the wild card round. And then you go from there to the divisional round, and then it goes back to traditional. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a, really a big fan of it. A, just because, like, it's – you're getting teams that are, like – you're going to get some, like, 81-win teams in it, which is, like – I mean, I, they, they wouldn't win the World Series anyway, I don't think. Like, obviously, if you if you did this for, like, 100 years, like, you'd have some lower-level teams win it. But um, I don't like the bye week either. I think that's bad for the routines. I think Trevor Bauer said something like that. Yeah. How like baseball players are so routine oriented that like it's almost like it, it, it doesn't really help them. Actually, it, it's it almost hurts them. Um, the whole picking your team that that was actually kind of yeah cool. that'd be fucking like sick. That. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of cool. That's great. A bulletin um, board because you can right just you, you can just like you can totally base it off of. Because baseball is all matchups. Like in the NBA, it's usually like you just don't want to play the best team. But in the in the MLB, it's like like the Dodgers last year definitely did not want to play the Nationals because they didn't they the Nationals matched up the best with the Dodgers. Yeah, 
Um, so that I think that part was cool, but the overall thing, I, I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, I was just a big fan of them picking your own opponent. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, because they're gonna do a whole like live TV show too with it too. So I could definitely see Such what ML Sunday style. Yeah, where it's like, oh, okay, there's some drama. They just called them a bunch of pussies, and now we're gonna play them because you suck. So yeah, I could see where the MLB wants to do that to get some more energy in the game, just because there's not a lot of it right now. Charles when I first, like... oh god, Charles probably like, dude, what the fuck. We couldn't expand this like three years ago. <laughs> it's like I'd have been the fucking playoffs every year. Well, when I was looking at this, and um, I didn't really understand what was going on, and I just kind of heard about it. I was like, "Oh, what the hell? This is stupid. Why the fuck are they gonna change shit? Like, they're they're always changing shit with the game." I then looked more into it and started thinking, like, "Oh, well, I mean." an extra week of playoff baseball wouldn't be terrible adding four more teams to the mix like it that that honestly to me that would make the trade deadline more interesting i think because there's going to be a lot more teams yeah. that are going to be in the mix um and if you look back at it last year there wasn't a team under 84 wins that was going to make it in so like you had the Mets at 86 wins and then you had the Diamondbacks at 85 would have been the extra two wild card teams in the NL and then in the AL, you would have had Cleveland and Boston at 93 and 84. So it's like you had teams that are competitive, but on the flip side of that, then it would also give owners, I guess, who like are okay with being mediocre and winning like 85 games every year, that would give them another reason. Oh, we were only two games back instead of 10, you know? So right. it, it, also, it helps a lot, but it also hinders too where it, it'll give a lot more fan bases hope to root for because there's been many, many seasons, and being a White Sox fan, it's been really hard for the past 15 years. And being able then to just have hope, whether it's in July or August, instead of having your dreams crushed in May <laughs> or June, you know, like, like not even a month and a half into the season and you're already down 10 games. But, like, if you have that opportunity then to – be able to cling to oh well maybe they can get on a run and they can get close to the wild card spot like just having that extra uh that extra two slots in either league would be uh a world of hope for a bunch of different teams so and i I feel like it would just make everything more competitive too well buster only put out a tweet uh that would have explained his reasons why people should like it i didn't click it but i was there was also another tweet i saw that one big advantage of this was incentivizing those smaller market teams to just want to be better and not settle for being an 80 win team every year. When you have Mm -hmm. like teams like the Astros, like the A's before they started being good, like they were always middle of the pack third in the AL West or whatever. And that would have incentivized them to, you know, stop signing guys who are like 35 years old to one year deals. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure see it from the side of from the side of the MLB wanting more teams. That means more fan bases, which means more money. So, right. so the thing that I would do is, um, I I like the idea of just the teams that deserve to be in the playoffs, like actually getting in. So, like, I, I understand that they want to expand it, but there are years like in the playoff system now where 
like the Indians last year, I think they won like ninety three or ninety four games, and they, they they didn't get in, like because it's just it, it's all about the divisions. So like I think if you knock down the divisions, you take those away, and you just make it like conferences, like like um like basketball, or you just have national league and, and yeah, like top American six from each league. Yeah, so like you're guaranteed that the regular season still matters, um, and if you have more wins than than even like the, the division winner or like the previous division winner, then you're going to make the playoffs. So, um, but that's just me. I mean, I get this idea. It definitely is way more exciting for fans. Cause like, like Grove was saying they're especially cause the baseball season is so damn long. It's like, you're right. Like in June, you're like, well, okay. Our best pitcher just got injured and we're already like eight games back from first. And we're like, 35 games into the season we have no shot and then you just like stop watching so i guess it fixes that problem yeah like there there are ways to address the current problems in the mlb and i mean this only addresses like one of those problems yeah the, the, which would be getting... there are so many other things that are going on and I, I don't know if you guys watched it or not but the trevor bauer video that he put out what was it yesterday two days ago where he was just absolutely fed up with everything that was happening. Well, okay, Sam, but um, he was talking about the marketing standpoint and everything like that, and they're trying to grow the game, but there's only so much that you can do as far as, like, changing the actual season and the structure. And, like, Sammy, to your point when you were talking about the Indians, like, they were a 93-win team last year. There were three division winners. There were over 100 wins in the AL last year. Like, to to not – have a team that was as competitive the entire season as the Cleveland Indians were not be in the playoff conversation because they were still three games back of the Tampa Bay Rays is just nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like expanding the playoffs will only benefit the MLB and benefit the fans. Like it's going to be weird for the MLB traditionalists and the MLB purists that are going to be like, it's been like this for so long. We even didn't want the extra wild card team. We knew this was going to happen, but I mean, it, it in the grand scheme of it all, like you're allowing more fan bases to be entertained by the game. You're trying to suck in more people for the end of the season when their teams are traditionally out of it. Like you're just giving everybody more hope for the season. And I think that's a big thing when you look at baseball, especially with, like you said, how long the season is. So, I mean, I, I'm still halfway in between this. I I do like the way that it's set up now. I love the one-game playoff. It's one of the most exciting days of the entire year next to the first day of March Madness. But um, it's I feel like that they need to change something, and if that's the way they want to go about it, then I'm all for it. But it's it, it's they, they, there's going to have to be tweaks and differences and changes to it. But, yeah, uh, cha- change is good. I think we need to keep in mind, too, that this was just like kind of a first draft, if you will. There's still a lot probably that's going to go into this and change that we don't even know yet. So I think that's just something to keep in mind that while we do have questions with this, we still haven't seen what the final what the final product's going to be that they're going to propose. So mm-hmm. I just hope they somehow implement letting you pick your opponent. <laughs> that would be fucking sick. It's so but, tough because... You you have to balance the fact that 
the regular season means something. Like you have to, you can't disincentivize the regular season. So like that's that's the one thing that I don't like about this, is that you have. So okay, the number one seed, whatever. Yeah, you you reward them for having the best, uh, the best record in the league. So they get the the buy. But then you have like teams that have possibly ninety seven, ninety eight, all the way to like ninety wins that, and they have to like. Oh, oh, great! We just had an amazing year. We won ninety-seven games, and uh, we we get to play a two out of three game series where, like, a nineteen-year-old who's never pitched a game in the majors could shut any MLB team out on any given night. Like anything can happen in two games. So it's like, okay, well, we just play the entire season for this, and that's kind of the the gripe against the one-game wild card. So I guess there's there's never going to be a perfect system, but. That's what that's what they have to balance, and I don't know if that if this playoff format does that, but at least they're trying, I guess. I mean, you got to give them some credit. Yeah, and like all the people who are gonna say like to Grove's point, like, oh, we why are we changing things? It's like, hey, keep up, old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, do so we have any more thoughts on the playoff format, or are we moving on to our main dish here? Let's move on to that sweet, sweet. All right. So let me just give a little uh, rundown here. The Chicago White Sox last year had a record of 72 and 89. Oh, baby. Their Pocota projections this year are third place in the AL Central at 83 and 79. And their over under by Caesars is at 85. Grove, start us off. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay, wait. Well, first. Get your fucking spray tan. You I pussy. know, I know, I know. And I was gonna go today after work, but uh, I've heard that like seven times. Tanner, Tanner why, don't, why don't you explain this to some of the people that don't know? So, for those who don't know, Connor Grove and Nathan Peterson, one of our other hosts, made a bet that the White Sox would win. What was it? Over seventy-five. It games? was over seventy-five, and I took the over. And it was a bet with Nathan and that <laughs> if the White Sox hit the over, he was going to give me fifty bucks, and if they didn't, I had to get a spray tan. So I still have yet to get a spray tan. It is February thirteenth, twenty twenty. The season ended a couple of months ago, and I still have yet to do it. But it will happen before the start of the season. I can promise you guys that. Well, you got a fucking month there, big guy. <laughs> I know. It, 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 uh, it'll most likely be sometime next week, so you'll be able to get that content, and uh, everybody will see that for the people. So um, it'll be all right. But that was last year's team. This year I am really, really excited, and you can laugh all you want. I've waited for a long time to have the White Sox to be able to be in a position like this. Um, realistically – they made a lot of moves in the off season that if they would have gone and gotten like a Machado or um, somebody else of that nature, like the Bryce Harper, they would not have been able to, they would have financially handcuffed themselves. So like in the grand scheme of it all, I'm really happy that that didn't work out for them last year. Uh, They added a couple really good key pieces to their lineup. They got Yasmani Grandal catcher. Um, He's going to be a great piece of this lineup. He gets on base at a very high clip. Um, one of the best defensive catchers in the MLB. And then you get a perennial all-star in Edwing and Edwin Encarnacion. Um, he's going to hit a shit ton of home runs in that Little League park that the White Sox play in. So 
Um, I am very excited for what this season has in store for the boys. Uh, they also added a couple pitchers to their rotation in Dallas Keuchel, left-hander. He's going to be a vet presence for those young guys to still learn off of, as will Gio Gonzalez. So um, those young guys in Giolito, Lopez maybe, Dylan Cease for sure. And then uh, you got the, the Flama Blanca, if you will, Michael Kopech coming back off the deal after Tommy John's surgery. So um, there's a lot of up and up going on around the White Sox. Ricky's boys are pumped for the season. You know they are, but um, it'll all come down to whether or not they can actually execute because you can only look so good on paper before you have to go out and actually play a game against somebody. So um, as for the lineup – oh, sorry, go ahead, Tanner. I was just saying my first question is, are you taking the over or the under for their uh, prediction? Honestly, I'd probably do a push because I think 85 is a very realistic number for them to hit. Um, With the lineup that it is constructed, the way that their bullpen is, because they have three really good bullpen arms too. And uh, Alex Colomay, a guy that came out last year firing all cylinders, Aaron Bummer. Um, (laughs) And... um, and another guy in Evan Marshall who was kind of a hidden gem last year. You know, Cooper always finds these guys, coaches them up, finds a way to get them into a rhythm and a groove in the bullpen. And uh, I'm, they, they decided to hold on to all three of those guys last year, which meant that they were gearing up for another season with them. And um, I think that with those three guys back there, that there's that, that gives the entire uh, rotation flexibility too where they know that they can get to the back end of the game. So I, I think 85 is a realistic number, although I'd like to see them win more. Um, now is this, this year is probably going to be their season where they can either win a lot of games or they can be somewhere in that 80 to 82 range too. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I don't want to burst your bubble with the bullpen. <laughs> okay, thing, I was just about to go there too. <laughs> their, their zips projection is 1.6. Oh, and God. for all you folks that don't know, that is horseshit. All right, so Grove, those three guys you just mentioned, um, Marshall, Colome, and Bummer, none of them strike anyone. All their K per nines are under eight point one, and all their all their FIPS were about a run higher than their ERA were last year. Oh my! Okay, so Marshall's was about two runs higher, Colome's was about a run and a half, and Bummer's was about a run. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I know. I see. This is the problem with me coming on here because I knew you guys were going to come at me with all these advanced statistics and tell me that this team was going to be dog shit and give me the run around. But honestly, I think that those three guys are going to be very, very good. Uh, Kalame, he is a pitch to contact pitcher. Um, and there's there were certain situations last year, he his. Uh, K per nine is not going to be where you want it to be. He throws a really good cutter, which is the reason why he gets so many guys to ground out. Um, and then you'll also see sometimes where it'll be up. But in the grand scheme of it all, I don't have his stats up right now, but I think he might have only blown maybe two, three saves last year, which is uh, is a lot better than what they had. And I think the stability in the bullpen and him actually coming back for his second year is only going to increase that number. So he's going to be he's gonna be better this year than he was last year. Bummer had a breakthrough season. Uh, no one really expected him to come through. He's got a disgusting white boy slider, which I really love to see him throw. 
he's up there in the 96 to 98 range. So he, he can, he can zip it in there when he needs to. Um, and I'll, I'll give I'll give you, I'll give you bummer. Bummer. I, I think he's going to be good. Decent. And, and Evan Marshall is another one of those guys too, where if he's on, he's on. And when he's not, then you better watch out because there's going to be balls leaving the yard. But, um, he's also, another I guy. I thought I really liked Jace Fry last year, and then I just went and I looked at his walk numbers, and he yeah, walked no. seven guys for nine. Astronomical. He, well, I mean, oh he was he was supposed to be another dude that they had last year, where it was gonna be um, him at like the setup role because he's got a really, really it's him and Caleb Frere where he's got a really, really, really good curveball, but he had he had a lot of trouble early on in the season trying to spot it up, and so. He never re- quite recovered fully from that, and they kept moving him up and down and up and down, and finally they just said, you know what, screw it. Um, and, yeah, I, he, he was a guy that I thought was going to be very good for him, and then he just turned out to be uh, another one of those guys that they didn't really need. I'm looking at their transactions right now because, uh, yeah, one thing that really made me happy was they finally decided to end the Dylan Covey experiment. They outright in the Charlotte, <laughs> so that was a good thing. Oh, and then another piece. I forgot about this guy, Steve Shishak. They got him uh, from the Cubs to sign him to a one-year deal. He's going to be another guy that's going to be able to come in there, uh, six, seven, eight inning, no matter what, uh, get in there, get you guys uh, three competitive outs. And and with the new rule (laughs) this year of the three-batter minimum, he's a great pitcher to have in your bullpen too. I was going to say, what the hell happened to Carson Fulmer? Why has he not gotten any better? And he's had three negative war seasons so far. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think you can just chalk that one up to uh, whether it's it, – it's not a lack of scouting because everybody had him on their, on their uh, like, top pitchers in that draft class. Yeah, he's um, like eighth, eighth overall, and his ERAs in right. four years have gone 8-4, 3-8, 8-0, 6-2. <laughs> It just – it hasn't been a good run for my guy, Carson. Uh, had high hopes for him out of Vanderbilt, but I honestly think that that experiment's over too. Whether or not they can try to get him to work out of the bullpen effectively, I just – his game didn't translate well to the MLB. Like, he was a dominant, absolutely filthy college pitcher um, at Vanderbilt, but um, him coming to the MLB, it just didn't translate. And everything about him from day one, is ever since he stepped onto the field, it looked – different from what I was watching in college. Like he just didn't have that same tenacity, same like confidence in himself that he did when he was out there too. I noticed that when I was watching him, but I mean, I'm, I'm a bystander. I'm a fan. So I don't really know a whole hell of a lot about that kind of stuff, but. <clears throat> um, hey, I want to shed some light on, uh, you know, your pitching here. Um, your ace Lucas Giolito has a zips number one comparison to the one and only Tim Hudson. So, I mean, you got him to look forward to. Yeah, that sounds great. That was huge. That I'd was huge last year. Like to, I'd like to interject here with um, another guy that you briefly touched on. Um, <laughs> I think Dylan Cease could actually really help you guys this year. Um, especially, if, especially if you just, like, start him out on the bullpen, you know, get him some, get him some confidence. Uh, I'm looking at his baseball savant page right now. He's 93rd percentile in fastball velocity, 87th percentile in fastball spin spin rate, and 68th percentile in curve spin. 
Um, so he's got some really good stuff. Like I, I know he, I think he sits. What did he sit at last year? Like ninety six to ninety seven, um, I think. Ninety six and a half miles an hour on the fastball. Okay. And his three similar pitchers, according to like movement and velocity. Mitch Keller, Walker Bueller, and Tyler Glasnow. So if he turns out anything like those last two, I think I'll be pretty happy. But yeah, those three guys like Keller is going to be good. So Bueller and Glasnow are already really good. Um, his main problem, like I I was looking at his minor league numbers, and he was always like really good in the minors. Um, because he didn't he didn't let up any home runs. Like he he's always going to strike a lot of guys out. That's a given. Like, he had 10K per nine even this past year with the White Sox. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, he's going to walk a lot of guys. He, his control is just not there. But the difference between last year and all of his minor league years was the home runs. So, you know, maybe the MLB figures out the ball and he doesn't let up as many home runs or maybe <laughs> he commands it a little bit more. But, like, I actually think that he could seriously help the White Sox in the bullpen this year. Yes. And if they don't – and he could just, like – and then he can – they can spot start him um, whenever they need him. So, See, if I could – Go ahead, LJ. Let me interject something really quick. So, something about Cease, too. I was listening to a podcast, and Eno Saris was on there. And apparently, um, Cease was in, like, the top five pitchers of the most cut on his fastball, but, like, in a bad way. So he said if he could straighten that out and make it more of a four seam and get that high spin rate that he already mm. has, that's going to increase his swinging strike rate. It's already good at 11, but he said that could take him up to the next level and actually control that pitch more without that cut. So I just wanted to add that in there on C's. That's interesting. So he was just I didn't know finding that. barrels with his fastball, I guess, then. I remember we, me and you talked, Grove. And you were so happy that Seas was called up because you thought he should have been called up a long time ago, but I still didn't think he was ready. <laughs> I think it was his well, first start. He gave up like five earned in an inning and a half or something. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing about it was is that I wanted him up because I still am a big believer of you need the innings under your belts. So, like, I don't think that you're just going to mm-hmm. come up and absolutely shove right away like, there are people that do yeah. that, and those are once-in-a-generation pitchers. Like, the, like you're not going to get that every time. So I wanted them up for the entire season because I knew that they were gearing up for either a 2020 or 2021 run to try to, like, get, get themselves into a position to go for a playoff spot or something like that. So for me, him being so young, I wanted him to come up, showcase what he had, try to get a feel for the big league game because it is a lot different than pitching in the minor leagues because you've got – these guys you've been watching your entire life in front of you, you know? So you, you want to make sure that those guys have the confidence then to roll into the next season and maybe do some damage that year versus the year that you're up because that year you're up, you're getting the butterflies out. You're like, okay, this is fun. This is awesome. Go visit all the different parks, all that kind of shit. And then the next season is when you go, all right, this is when I got to buckle down. This is when I got to do this because I mean, you are a prospect. You are one of the most highly touted pitchers that are coming up at the time so you you have to be able to handle that with grace and then also come back the next season and absolutely dominate so that's why that that's a the reason why i wanted to come up and i was just excited to see another one of the young guys the white sex had in their system finally break the big league roster okay lj what you said about his cutter is just dead accurate i i, I was watching a couple clips of his fastball and he's still throwing it at like like I saw him throw one at ninety eight and it like like it moved a little bit 
<laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's, um, they said that he, they're trying to work on that with him his offseason. It's just getting on top of it so it doesn't have that cut. Right. That's the perfect – and Grove, to your point, he his his fastball was the pitch that was getting hammered last year. Like, he – every other pitch, his slider, his curveball, his changeup – Filthy and his sinker, his, his um, expected weighted on base was they were all below three twenty two. No, yeah. but his 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 ex, his expected weighted on base for his fastball was three eighty six, and people slugged six thirty seven off of yes. it. So I, it, it's it it comes down to spin efficiency. Like if if he's if he can get like the backspin on the fastball. Um, he's gonna be to good. just like ride it up in the in the zone, then he's gonna be he, okay. He can be really good, <laughs> um, or he just turns it into a cutter and just like makes it into a cutter to where it doesn't have shitty cut and it has <laughs> it has good it cut. Has, good cut. Yeah, he he slows it down and it, and it has like real ridiculous move. Like I don't think. I mean, that, that's not what they're gonna do, but. <laughs> I mean, right. to just transitioning over to the offense now. Uh, just looking at this team. Name wise, they're gonna fucking strike out a lot. They're also gonna hit a lot of home yeah. runs. Like Edwin's gonna strike out a fuck ton. Robert's gonna strike out a fuck ton. Mazzara's gonna strike out a fuck ton. Eloy, he's gonna strike out a fuck ton. I mean, you do have the best, literally the best player to ever touch a fucking baseball. Probably, probably the only guy who's ever changed the game of baseball at shortstop. Ah, <laughs> uh, you fuck! No, he's uh... a batting champion. Probably the only person who's ever bat flipped in his life. Okay. I, I mean, do I, uh, shall I continue? Are you good? <laughs> no. the The one thing about this lineup that I do have a grave about is that they are missing. Um, or they they have a couple different options that they could use for the leadoff spot. Um, we saw it a couple of years ago where Yoan Moncada they tried to force him into that role and he just was not very comfortable. Um, he he didn't really hit all that well, but that also could have been a byproduct of the fact that he was at second base and his defense was lacking there too. And last year overall was just a season for him where he kind of just broke out. Um, and he had a he had a pretty good offensive year last year. Um, a decent enough defensive year. I think that he should probably be somewhere in that two, maybe even five range. Um, looking at it from the bottom up, I think Leroy Garcia should still be their leadoff hitter, regardless of um, what his statistics look like, because he did battle a lot um, last year, just watching a lot of their baseball games. I like that he, metric. <laughs> he, he he battled a lot. <laughs> I know. It's one of my favorites. He he, he 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 grinds out at bats. He's, he's a ball he's player. A real, Why are we he's a real go getter. Larry Garcia, out of all the hitters yeah, that you have, why why is he playing? Well, because how does he fit in here? Because I think that he he's a switch hitting uh, player who I think would fit very well in the leadoff spot. He did a pretty good job last year with it. Yoel Moncada hits two. And then I think a lot of people have Jose Abreu locked in at three. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think you could probably have either a combination of Jose or uh, Edwin Encarnacion at that spot. Um, 
And then Yasmani Grandal, he's an interesting one because you can either throw him at the top of the order um, with his OBP and how often he does get on base, um, or you could throw him down at like the five, six spot. So um, I think that that middle of the lineup, that three through six is pretty interchangeable right now for the, the Sox, but Grover. go ahead, Andre. Lurie Garcia well, batting leadoff last year had a 691 OPS. I would let I would leave Mankata. I would. Off. That's what I've been. He gets he gets on base a lot. I'd leave Grandal off, and he steals bases too. You leave Mankata off, you have Yasmani bat too. Yep. Yep. I, I'm I'm switching them in my lineup. I have Grandal leading off Mankata second. I, I mean, well, either way, they're both switch hitters who get on base. Yeah, and I don't want to even I don't want to keep shit piling on to Lurie Garcia, but his <laughs> on base percentage was three ten last year. Wait, didn't Renteria say something really stupid about him leading off too? Probably like, something that Grove like kind of just said about him, like, his battles. Or, <laughs> he, like, they, he did. He he's a leader, so that's why we should have him have a, a two. He's also fan on base shit, percentage. Too. That's why yeah, he needs to get the most at bats. He he won't he won't with two strikes. He won't be in the starting lineup about a month <laughs> into the season because he'll probably be playing second base for a while. And that's when you're going to see the kid come up, Nick Madrigal, and he's just going to win. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him. Yeah. What do you th- how do you think he's going to be? Um, if if what he's done in the minor leagues translates anything into the actual uh, – the, the big game, the big leagues, I think he'll be pretty fucking good. But um, that, that'll be one of those things where it's just time will tell. You don't really know if it's going to happen for him. You don't know if um, if his game's going to translate. But from what I've seen so far – with his K rate being where it is, and it is unbelievable how little he actually strikes out. Um, he's going to be a uh, a force to reckon with when he comes to the uh, to actually opposing pitchers and making them get this kid out. Yeah, he's your he's your leadoff hitter of the future. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, I'm. Well, what about Robert or Robert? I don't think he's going to get on base enough. Looking at uh, Madrigal. And his short stint triple A last year at a nine percent walk rate and only three point seven percent K rate. Yeah, I'm putting Robert in fucking three or four. I would too. Yeah, he's gonna have more power. I I have Madrigal. I'd have him lead off. This this year is really tough for the over under because kind of like the Padres, it seems like they're probably they're gonna be like decent this year. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna have like eighty six wins though. I I would take the under. I think. Yeah, but Actually, we'll, I, we'll, dis- yeah. we'll discuss that on our AL episode. But <laughs> um, I mean, my my hypothetical lineup would probably be something like Moncada, Grandal, Robert, Abreu, Eloy, and then uh, Jackie. Are you then, having? Are you having Robert? You having hit- Edwin hit seven? Maybe, maybe, maybe I have hit six. I have Edwin three in mine. And how do you have Robert hitting three right away? He's going to have some struggles right away. I have him nine. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> okay. going to be like Can we seven figure out how to pronounce his Ro- name? Robert. Robert. <laughs> Robert or Robert? Like three. Robert. <laughs> you said both. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Robert. So we're just going Robert. I think it's, I think it's Robert, honestly. But it, Robert seems cool. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to do that good right away. I mean, he could just just splash, but I, I wouldn't I mean, start yeah. him in a three hole. Uh, I mean, then yeah, you could you could put Eloy at three or Edwin at three then, and move Robert down to 
fucking eight, nine, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> wait, 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 just wait, put wait. him, getting, just put him on the bench. It's fine. It's not a big deal. We're forgetting James McCann as well. He's not. I mean, stop. He's not, well, uh, well, Sammy, if you would just fucking listen to what I have to say, first of all, spit it out. Um, he'll he's he's very clearly the backup catcher to Yasmani Grandal. There is no doubt about that. Oh, um, I thought he was the fucking starting shortstop. He'll be he'll be interchangeable with him, Jose, and Edwin for whoever might need a rest on any given day. Um, because he can play first. He's not very good at, it, but he can do it. Um. He can. He's obviously going to be their backup catcher, and I wouldn't be really. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't uh, Lucas Gilito's personal catcher. Um, I could totally see that being a thing, and then um, with Edwin if, or anything like that, he could obviously DH just step into that role. But um, man, his first dude, half, he, and second half was night and day last year. Oh, it was crazy! Oh my goodness, he dropped a hundred points in on base and slugging from the first half to the second half. Mm-hmm. Is James McCann? Is Mazzara yeah. the? Is Mazzara the everyday right fielder? Yeah, that's bad. I don't like that. He, he needs to be a platoon. His career versus righties one hundred three WRC plus, but versus lefties it's fifty nine. Oh jeez. Yeah, he needs to. Well, who? I mean, I mean, fuck they... it. Give the guy an entire season and see what he does. I mean, they, they have is is Engel. They have the is righty, the grinder Murray. Is Engel a righty or a lefty Grove? He's a righty, which is why and and isn't he a switch? I thought he was no, Engel, Engel's just a righty, but I can oh, okay. definitely see them platooning him and Mazzara out in the outfield. But yeah. everything that they've been saying up to this point is that they're giving right field all to Mazzara, and they're not even going to budge on that. So, um, I I would like to see Engel be a platoon with him. Just because of his defensive abilities, too. Yeah, but, you, you probably put um, Angle in center and just move um, Ro- Robert. Over Robert. <laughs> <laughs> However, the hell you say Luis's fucking last name, but yeah, yeah. Um, he would just he would then be in right, and then Angle would take over for center field whenever uh, they would be facing a lefty. Yeah, I mean their lineup. Their lineup's good. <laughs> it's gonna be their defense gets really yeah. suspect when they have Mazzara and Eloy out there. Oh my gosh, Eloy but, was so bad last yeah. year in the outfield. Extremely bad. Like it's terrible. But Mankata's Mankata's or Mankata. Um uh, is really gonna help with that pitching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so he'll he'll save a couple runs. So Yeah, I mean they're gonna be exciting. I'm pumped. That's all I gotta say about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I I am excited for the baseball season to start. And I am waiting for let's call it April or May when my heart gets ripped out of my chest because they're ten games back of the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, they're they're gonna have a a tough. I mean, the the bottom two though, are the Royals and Tigers are so bad. You guys should be able to beat up on them. Pu, they stink. If they don't take two or three from them the first series of the season, <laughs> I think I will. You you might find yeah, you might me well... playing at Home Depot on the ropes and ladders. But I mean. <laughs> It, it is what it is. Um, I'm going opening day this year. It'll be the first opening day I'll be, I'll be at. So really excited about that. Uh, shout out the rent for getting me those tickets. But um, pretty excited for this season overall. And it's been a while since I felt like this is a White Sox uh, fan. I think the last time was, uh, God, when they signed uh, 
who is that douche? Adam LaRoche and uh and, and, and the and the reliever that they signed too. Can't even remember what his name Bobby, was, but Bobby Jenks? No, 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 no. That was <laughs> this was like 2013, 2014. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but they ended up trading him like halfway through the season anyway. It was one of those things where I was like, whatever, but um pretty pretty stoked for this one. Should be fun. All right. <laughs> All right, yeah. Any any other box comments? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you so much to Connor Grove for coming on and sharing his thoughts on uh, his excitement for the White Sox and the proposed playoff structure. She couldn't wait five fucking. <laughs> And there's ending. Linda ruining the perfect, oh, perfect ending, ending. podcast. But thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot. This has been awesome. Um, I really enjoyed this being able to talk fucking baseball with you guys. It's a lot of fun. But uh, we'll bring thank you, you for having me on. I really appreciate it. We'll bring you back during the season. Yeah, we'll appreciate bring you back. Quarter year check in. Updating your White Sox. Don't worry. If if something goes awry, I'll give you guys like a two week update and let you guys know the status of the nation when I. When uh, when I when I'm sitting at Home Depot contemplating life in my car. <laughs> All right, I think you're getting a little too uh, personal here. We're gonna end it. Uh, stay tuned. American League over under predictions episode. We'll smell ya. <laughs>